I would recommend any company that's looking to work in, in, in fintech to, to bring on board a compliance officer first and foremost, because that's where the biggest hurdles are. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another edition of the Payments Innovation Podcast. I'm excited to be joined by Claudio Romano, founder of Orchid B. Claudio, um, just so the audience can have a little bit of your background, do you mind just giving a brief overview of where you come from, industry background, that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm half Italian, half English. I'm also French. I've got a background in investment banking and also uh, management consulting where I sort of, I, I did my initial learnings with companies like Accenture and Deloitte. Uh, so I've got about 25 years experience, primarily working in business transformation, both from a digital perspective, but also from a corporate finance perspective. Excellent. And you're up in Toronto, right? You're in, is that where you're located? So I'm actually in Paris now. Um, the company oh. we've, the company we founded is in Toronto, and uh, that's because our, our general counsel is there. And then uh, in the next few months, we're going to move to Montreal, which is uh, going to be the, the head office of, of Orchid B. So extremely exciting for, for me as a person, as a professional, because I'm going to be moving to, to Canada uh, and hopefully uh, deploying all our services across multiple provinces on a, in a very big country. Yeah, that's great. And how are so? Have you been in Paris for a while? I think the last time we talked, I thought maybe you were in Toronto. Are you are you able to travel these days? So unfortunately, uh, I th- I think I can travel for for professional purposes. Uh, at one point, I wanted to go to Canada, and um, I couldn't for lockdown reasons. So we ended up just you know being in, in my office, uh, working like everybody else under COVID nineteen. Um, but yeah, I've been here for the last three years. I was in Switzerland for six years before that. And before Switzerland, I was in, in Paris again for about uh, six years. And then at the beginning of my career, I was in London. So uh, yeah, over the last 25 years, it's been London, Paris, and Zurich. Yeah, so all over the place. You know, obviously great background with the consulting firms and, and doing and doing and automating the business processes, business transformation. What, you know, can you tell the audience, uh, for people who don't know who Orchid B is, you know, what drove you to want to start Orchid B? What is, you know, what is the platform exactly? How long have you been working on it? All, you know, all of that would be great. Yeah, sure. So um, I founded Orchid B just as an entrepreneur who would, over the last three years, register a business, run a business, and close down a business. And, and although I'd spent all of my career working for you know, some of the biggest blue chip companies in the world, ranging from big banks to aircraft manufacturing companies. When I started my business and I was, uh, you know, 43, I very much felt as I was starting from scratch in terms of what I had to learn uh, and develop as, uh, you know, in terms of business administration skills. And, you know, I've got a degree in business administration, but really the, the running a company when you're a big organization is completely different than when you're a small organization. And when I ran my company, when I started my company and then I closed it, I realized that it was just extremely complicated. I had to face multiple parties, whether that's you know, the government authorities to register a business, to go and see a bank, to find an accountant, to learn how to do VAT returns, corporation tax returns, to deal with payroll, to deal with insurance, to deal with foreign exchange if I was working abroad. And really, all of those different verticals are both highly specialized, but also when you're a small company, 
they're actually very simple to deal with. And so when I closed my business, I said to myself, this is really weird, but I'm a relatively educated person. Why is it so complicated? And why are we in a world whereby, you know, you have to procure up to 30 different services just to run your back office? And that's even before you've actually built your service and before you've knocked on any client's doors. So I did a bit of market research and I looked into what the fintech world is doing and what the insurtech world is doing and what the govtech work is do- world is doing, what the, the legal tech world is doing, et cetera, et cetera. And what I've realized is actually the world is, is still trying to evolve and, and digital is doing some incredible, you know, bringing incredible changes globally. But most of these different verticals are still trying to digitalize in their specific vertical. And the concept of a platform, which is effectively the integration of multiple verticals, is, is still a very, very limited thing. So if you think of Airbnb as being a, a platform, you know, whereby you know, landlords come together with customers, with the tax authorities and cleaners, and you know, your, your, your customer can just seamlessly book a room for a week or more. Well, in the world of back office services, that is impossible. And on top of that, there is a regulatory framework, which is, is, is constantly moving, whether it's to do with banking, whether it's to do with insurance, whether it's to do with accounting standards, whether it's to do with payroll standards. And most countries globally actually are all trying to solve the same problem. Now, you know, you'll have people in France who'll say, well, the payroll is too complicated here, or you know, tax is too complicated in whatever other country. But ultimately, everyone's trying to say that, solve the same problem. Uh, and I would argue that in terms of what the, the self-employed and SMEs are trying to do, which, which represent over 95% of entities and companies globally, there's a big gap in the market. Um, they're actually relatively simple to deal with in terms of back office services compared to a large corporation. SMEs and, and the self-employed spend up to 60 days a year dealing with back office administration. Um, so you know, my vision and the services we're going to bring to, to Canada is all about saving vast amounts of time um, and putting everything on one platform under one login. And, and the partners we're dealing with are effectively going to be doing all the dirty work and specializing. So we're going to effectively bring together a whole load of very sophisticated engines, and we're going to provide the client experience across the board. So it's really excited. And the team that we've got is currently working between Paris, Toronto, Montreal, and we have advisors as well in, in, uh, in London and Singapore. But, but really, this is not just a Canadian challenge or problem or service we're trying to bring to the market, but a global one. And I think, you know, Canada, and specifically Montreal, is a fantastic country and city, respectively, to start from. Yeah, that's a great overview. Um, and I think it totally makes sense. I and mean, we definitely, even with Currency Cloud, we know we see a lot of these platforms that are very specialized. You see a lot of the human resource management platforms, as I call them, HRM platforms. And, you know, they have like their three MVPs. It's like payroll, time management, you know, maybe expense management. And, and that's really all they do. But yeah, I could see that, you know, a small business, small to medium-sized business, they have to go out and kind of source all this from other parties. And I would imagine a lot of the traditional players are pretty cumbersome to work with. And there's definitely companies that do this, right? Like Trinet, but they still, they never cover the whole thing. And so that's really what you're looking to do is be that one-stop platform for a business that you can pretty much run your business from this thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, to take an example, if we're talking about foreign exchange, one of our prospect clients is a company that imports lead lights from, from China and then sells those lead lights on, in, in, uh, 
in, in, in Canadian dollars. So they buy in US dollars and sell in, in, uh, in Canadian dollars. And when we interviewed the gentleman who had a revenue of about $200,000 for his, his, his company, he realized that he was spending over $5,000 a year on foreign exchange. And we said to him, first of all, did you know about that? And he said, no, I didn't. I mean, I knew I had some bank fees, but I didn't know that I was specifically spending $5,000 a month on just foreign exchange. And I said to him, if we wrote a check for $5,000, what would you do with that? And this man had a shop on the side of the street, doing pretty well, right, for, for a one-man show. He says, well, that's a lot of money, Claudio. I would, well, I, I, could, I could hire an intern and we could potentially do some business development or, yeah, I could build a website. So, you know, $5,000 in the grand scheme of things, you know, if you're a big organization, it's, it's nothing, right? But for a small organization, that's a big, big difference. It's about moving from a company that has one individual employee to two. That's a 100% increase in headcount, right? And the biggest bounds in productivity for small companies are these little changes, right? And that's just foreign exchange, right? But we could talk about those other areas, whether it's the, you know, the accountancy services or the bank services. And, and overall, you know, it's all about helping very specific situations and very different professions, right? Um, and, and they all have very unique specialities. And from a back office perspective, they all have a very different way of working. But ultimately, they're trying to solve the same problem, which is just to be more productive and ultimately not do the admin at home on the weekends or to get their spouse to do it for free, but it's to free up time and spend more time with their customers and their family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's true. I think I've, I've, some of my friends who have their own businesses, um, and I've actually dabbled a little bit in the past in entrepreneurial and the hardest part half the time is managing the business how do you send an invoice do you how do you get paid and all that stuff is very time consuming so uh, can you expand a little bit on i guess you know when's your launch date and what are you going to offer all these connections day one or how are you thinking about maybe going to market and what are who are your target customers day one Sure. So our first target customer is going to be a management consultant. These are customers who are, have a very, relatively simple business. They're in the B2B market. They're, they're high margin, high revenue. So revenue is going from 100000 to about $400,000 a year. Potentially customers who work across border into the United States. We're looking to build the full stack, as I mentioned before, including business registration. To start with, depending on how fast we can go to market, we're going to bring the, the the bank service to these customers. So a debit card, an ability to, to buy and sell currencies with different currency wallets. They're also are going to have a business insurance um, because we're, we're partnering with a, a, an insurtech company. Um, and then we're going to build on those other elements of it, depending on the personas that we, that we target. So from an accounting perspective, for example, at the beginning, we'll latch on the, you know, the invoicing the supplier management, we're then going to latch on the everything to do with tax and customs and accounting, and it'll be progressive. And we're talking to multiple partners for those different verticals. And the fantastic thing is, is they all have, at least the, the sort of the, the more sophisticated ones have those API-ready cloud-based platforms we can integrate to uh, relatively quickly. There's, of course, a, a compliance, an important compliance and onboarding project we need to run as well, because, of course, uh, we will be FinTrack licensed 
uh, which means that we need to make sure that we abide by Canadian you know, rules, um, but also the, the those respective compliance rules that are required by our different partners, including our, our banks and insurance parties. So getting that right is going to be very important. And ultimately, it's about you know building that client experience. So that front end, which will mean that our customers come to one platform and one platform only. So um, yeah, it's it's coming next year, probably towards Q3 to Q4 to next year. And yeah, we've 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 got some very very strong partners. I'm very excited uh, about how this is all coming together. Yeah, yeah, that's that's excellent. It's it's, it's interesting that you're starting with you know more so obviously the bank registry or the uh, business registration is number one, but then a lot of that it's it's banking services, so kind of fintech services after that. Is there a reason why you chose the fintech stuff to start with over the other stuff? Do you feel like that's the most important thing for these guys when they're getting started? Well, at the end of the day, if you don't have a bank account and you're not registered as a company, you can't transact. And, uh, you know, at, at the heart of running the back office is your data. It's your money coming in and your money going out. So if we can fathom those bank flows, then dealing with the accounting side of things is going to be very, very easy. If our client needs you know, bookkeeping services, then we can, provide, we can provide that if he doesn't want to get involved in some of the, um, the paperwork, which is involved, because there is a little bit of paperwork even today, because you need to deal with paper invoices. But yeah, we, we want to start with the, with the banking side, um, and that'll give us a much stronger visibility in terms of you know, what are the flows going through our customers' day-to-day you know, life, and, and, and therefore that'll enable us also to get to know them better to, to interrogate them and see how we can uh, pivot if necessary to, to provide the best service. Yeah, I think that's the data is so important, right? I mean, I think a lot of these small businesses, they can't go to banks and get a loan even a lot of times. We've seen there's a, there's a lot of these companies that are kind of calling them Lintex, right? And they're focusing on providing loans to small businesses, particularly like e-commerce sellers, um, because these e-commerce firms or businesses, they can't go to a bank and say, well, I sold, look at my Amazon numbers or just look at my Stripe, take my Stripe data. Like banks don't look at that. So you see these new lenders popping up that are taking an API from Stripe or there's a company called Kodak. That's all they do is get the lending, uh, the information on your sales from Shopify, Amazon and Stripe. And then the e-seller or the e-lending company will take that data. They have their own risk models and then they'll make loans is that something that you're thinking about as you go evolve this thing? I mean, since you're going to have pretty much the, you're going to know this business better than anybody else. Yeah, correct. And, you know, ultimately we want to answer the, the immediate sort of problem, which is the operational side of running a business. So we've, we've, we see three dimensions in the sort of the psychological dimension of our customers. But the first one is anxiety. When you start, a business, it's all about not knowing a whole load of stuff. You then move on to something which is what we call control. I.e., you've got your business under control. You understand the end-to-end operation of it. And then if you're really sophisticated, you move into something, you move into something called forecasting. So you can actually start to plan for the future. And in fact, we're focusing on the anxiety and the control piece at the beginning. And, and that for us is literally we're, we're going to provide him with a debit card. You know, go and transact, go and purchase your stationary if you need it, you know, take your client out to lunch. We don't want to get onto the credit side for the moment because um, our clients will not need credit initially. And whilst the credit card is useful and 
particularly in North America, there's a big business around credit. We're not pushing ultimately our clients to get into debt. We want them to be able to go through their end-to-end operation. But of course, we will be generating a huge amount of data. There are some incredible companies out there like Kodak, as you mentioned, which which enable uh, counterparties to share accounting data. Um, and the same goes for companies you know, like, like Plaid or, or Flinks, for example, that can share bank data, bank balances. And a lot of this really is about enabling our customers to have a full view of their finances. So it's not just about having a view on their, or it could be current account or balance if they have multiple wallets, but it's also enabling them to integrate balances from their other accounts. Uh, and this is why this is so exciting because actually it's, it's not about building a moat around Orchid B. It's about opening up our service to a series of partners who can then enable us to, to draw in additional data. And ultimately that data will enable our clients to move from the control framework or mindset to the forecast mindset. And that's to your point about credit where it'll become interesting because our, our client will be in control and, and when it comes to therefore applying for a loan, for example, or a new credit card, well, we'll be able to provide that business case in the, in the form of financial statements to those parties that will require them, whether that's in the electronic format or the paper format if they need to go into a brick and mortar bank. Right. Yeah. I mean, by creating this platform and having all the data, you could also probably, you're probably thinking about, you know, the marketplace implications, right? So if you you have all these SMBs, you could almost create like a app store with Orchid B and you could have lending platforms and banking platforms, uh, account, whatever, all that. And they could kind of pick and choose whichever one fits them the best, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately, yeah, there is a different series of services we could provide our clients. Yeah. Um, it could go pretty far. You know, some of the services can be even simpler, like we could provide them with um, access to a laptop. Right. I mean, um, and we could, we could, you know, when they register the business, they could come to us and say, oh, actually, you know what? I haven't got a laptop. And we'll say, well, no worries. You know, yeah, you can receive one in the next few days. There you go. Boom. Uh, so, yeah, it can become a, a marketplace for many different services, ultimately corporate services. Yeah. No, that's, that's really, you know, there's, there's so many ways you can help these, these SMBs. Um, so I think it's the platform uh, it makes a ton of sense. When it gets, so being FinTrack regulated in Canada, how are you planning to build out the onboarding process? Because the reason I'm asking is like, that seems to be the, for a lot of our customers at Currency Cloud and a lot of the people in the industry that we speak with, it's always about how do I figure out how to get all the businesses information? Um, And that's typically today, even still like KY, if you want to do a consumer onboarding, it's relatively easy or it's, it's, you know, you can do that somewhat seamlessly. But when it comes to businesses, it's much more difficult. So I'm just interested to see, you know, maybe what you found in, in discovery and uh, trying to build that. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are companies out there who are completely specialized in compliance. Uh, they deal with KYC, KYB, anti-money laundering, fraud, fraud monitoring. So, I mean, there are two real phases. So the first one is, well, our client needs to onboard to, to Orchid B quickly. One, one of the biggest challenges in life is if you walk into a brick and mortar financial services firm today or professional services firm, you know, whether it's a bank or your accountant, you first of all have to fit in forms and forms and forms. Well, with us, we're going to be asking some pretty standard questions around, you know, name, surname, address. If the company already exists, they will go through a KYB process, so know your business process. And depending on 
who that person is. You know, if it's a politically exposed person, for example, well, we'll have to sort of ident identify that situation. Uh, and if they answer to the criteria, to, to all the criteria positively, positively, they will be able to then create an account with us. Once they're on top of our platform or in our, they've created an account with us, we will then, of course, have systems in place that monitor uh, the transactions that go through their account. Uh, and we'll be working with a number of providers that, that provide that monitoring. So there's both the onboarding side of things, and we believe our clients are going to be onboard in general in under 10 minutes. Um, and then there will be the ongoing monitoring as well. Uh, and there, there are, there are yeah, we have a, a partner that's going to help us deal with that, that, that side of things. Great. If you, can you share, I mean, just what, are there any technology providers for the kind of KYB stuff that you found that been particularly helpful? Um, yeah, companies like W2, for example, based in the UK, um, very strong. Um, there are a number of, of different providers, whether you're looking at ID authentication, so who provide more or less specific components of that. Um, some, you know, W2 have a, are also a, uh, have a consortium of partners under them. Um, you know, MyTech, for example, will provide ideal authentication as well, and they're very specialized in that. Those are a couple of examples. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, it's just, it always comes up, I feel like, in every, every conversation with a company that's trying to get into payments or do something, uh, you know, how do you do the onboarding piece? And it seems like it's, it's still something that needs to be solved uh, in a yes. better fashion. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm extremely lucky. We are, our compliance officer is, is one of the first people who joined Orchid B. And, and I would recommend any company that's looking to work in, in, in fintech to, to bring on board a compliance officer first and foremost, because that's where the biggest hurdles are. And it's not just about actually finding the partner to do the client onboarding, but we as a company also need to onboard with our partners, right? And, you know, our partners ask us very specific questions. So you know, one of the questions we've been asked is, can you provide your business continuity plan? Can you provide your disaster recovery plan? Um, can you provide us with your you know, privacy policy? Uh, right. Can you provide us with your anti-money laundering policy? So you know, if you suddenly turn up on the street and you want to start a fintech company, um, all I can say is bring on a compliance officer quickly because it's not rocket science, but if you haven't done it before, you've got a lot of learning to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest piece for sure is, is figuring out the compliance stuff. Well, Claudio, I really appreciate you coming on and we're so excited to see Orchid be launch in the next uh, end of next year. And, you know, obviously we're looking to, to be a partner in, in the platform uh, for the cross-border payments and FX. For anyone listening, if they want to find out more about you or just connect, uh, do you have like, uh, what's the best place? Website, Twitter? Yeah, they can go through our website. So orchidb.com or they can find me, Claudio Romano on LinkedIn or they can find Orchid B on, on LinkedIn too. So uh, yeah, send us a message. We'd be delighted to, to, to meet you and tell you more about what, what is coming. Thank you very much indeed. Fantastic. Thanks, Claudio. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com.
You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.